0: Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back
1: to The Love of Cinema, a part in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive
0: critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we're making this a drinking game, people. Mm. So anytime we say anything negative at all about these movies, about each other, about anything, anything, we're going to play the sound. Mm. That sound means we're drinking, and we hope you drink along with us. So... Pour yourselves a
2: glass, strap yourselves in, because we're about to head for a cornucopia of internet abuse.
0: Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, Bring yeah. it on, please. No way around
2: it, yeah. Ah.
0: People, this is... Watch us get canceled in real time. <laughs> Tune in. Don't touch that dial. Oh, oh. this is, is going to be great. Um, So we are going to... Dave and I have seen a film that we can't wait to talk about. And um, we are going to do our mini-review coming up very, very soon. Uh, and then after that, it is going to be the first week of our new summer blockbuster bracket. We are so fucking excited. We're so excited to get us terrified. We're talking about yeah. the <laughs> highest-grossing summer movies of 1980, 1981, 1982, and 1983. Why would and we're we gonna do this to ourselves? Battle them off. <laughs> We're going to battle them off and we're going to chop it down to two movies to advance to the next round in pursuit of the greatest summer blockbuster of all time so we're starting with a financial prerequisite to get us in the category that's it the highest grossing movie and then once you're in you're in and then we're just choosing the <sighs> best then it's just about quality jaws and star wars one have advanced out of the 70s and we are starting fresh with the 80s we're so excited to get into that any news of this week that anybody wants to get into before dave and i kind of do our little setup here for our uh show? or do, what? You have, do you have any gripes
1: we haven't had gripes, gripes in a week i
0: haven't any gripes yeah i got gripes give me one second <laughs> Yeah, I got gripes, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> he's ready to complain. He's, yeah, is my crystal ball. For I, I news mean, I, here. I just,
2: I don't, I just want to start uh, quickly while he's looking for that. With uh, while yeah. my little gripe. Uh, last week I went and saw a movie at Times Square AMC, and <laughs> dude, not only did a. I'd like, to be honest, at, at this point, they were doing a great job in there. I like forgot my wallet, and they let me in with just a, a photo of my ID. Um, so good for them. But then I walked into like I booked a ticket in uh, Dolby Cinema, and they have that huge screen. And I sent you guys a picture of this. The, the huge screen was just blue with input one flashing on the fucking top of it. I'm like, dude, I'm here to see Fast X, and you're shortchanging and on, the experience. What?
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. you got to clarify more for our listeners. Not the huge screen inside the theater, no. in the hallway walking the, yeah, into the, the theater from the screen lobby. The, yeah,
2: it, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's just blue with input one sitting there flashing in the top right-hand <laughs> corner. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's this isn't even, even far from, like, like they just—we've joked
1: about it a lot, but they—they
2: they should probably listen
1: to all of your gripes about I that Yeah, I would have. Like, yeah, yeah I can do it together. <laughs> I mean,
2: if they—if they, if they listen to all my gripes in a row, they'd probably burn the fucking thing down. To be honest, but mm. I mean, you have pointed
1: out quite Dave, you a went few over time.
2: problems, guys. So, Jeff, hit us with a grip. What you got, dude? What do you? What, are you Wait,
1: what was you do you doing? I was
0: going to say something about that. I was like, oh, I think with the writer's strike and everything, which we shouldn't even call the writer's strike. We should. Are call you griping the, now? Is it what you've started? No, no, but but don't you think every company just just pay people more <laughs> yeah. every company yes. if you pay, yeah. have somebody on it's staff cute. that knows how to fix that and just pay them with the worth like, it's come like
2: on. It, it just boils down to stop and ask yourself am i being a greedy motherfucker can, yeah. can yeah. maybe don't pay can the executives can my employees afford the basic tenets of life and if they can't you're not running your business properly fuck you all right yeah
0: all yes. right go ahead hit, hit yes. it can we stop talking about method acting can we just stop nobody knows what it is anymore and and it's so fucking stupid hearing these conversations jeremy strong was asked are you a method actor and he said no and they were like, why not? He was like, what? Because I don't talk to my classmates, So I know there's some shit. And I know that Brian Cox stirred some shit up. I don't even know if it wasn't for the drama because he did the boxer with Daniel Day-Lewis, whatever. But come on, this goes way back to like Dustin Hoffman hit a cab that almost hit him. A cab almost hit him and he slammed on the thing and went, I'm walking in. And everybody went, oh my God, what an actor. And it's like, yes, he didn't want to be murdered by yeah, that that's, cab. That's amazing. amazing. that's improv. And how was that method exactly and yeah. then you get um marlon brando no you're not you gonna know the, believe this you know the cab guys. ran the ran the blockades that wasn't supposed and to be were, there. exactly yeah. it's so fucking stupid but good for Dustin. then i'm glad you got famous from it marlon brando you're not gonna believe this one time he was filming a scene and someone dropped a glove you guys aren't gonna fucking believe this but guess what he did he picked the glove up uh. and he kept going what a fucking genius oh my god that's we what should somebody worship you should do in real the- life Guys, it's so stupid. And then you know you have people like sending condoms and all these stories you hear about. The, oh guys yeah, nobody, that was nobody, you don't know what method acting is. That's not what the method is. None of these things matter. Stop telling. Stop saying somebody's good because they're method. Danny Day Lewis staying in character is the prereq. It's the preface. Then once they say action, then he has to act. Him staying in character is not acting. Him him acting is when they say action and he does the scene him staying in character is just that's what he wants to do he wants to eat sandwiches yeah. in his weird coats that's it that's all that's all it is
1: they asked they asked on SmartList. they asked joaquin about this recently and he said the same, like i don't even know what that is i always joke and i've said this for years now the only people who know what method acting is are people who have never acted before like it's, <laughs> it's used so colloquially yeah. When they talk about actors who might do something like that, stay in character or do some extreme thing in a take that they didn't do in the previous take. Oh, revolutionary. But honestly, people, just so you know, when you're actually talking to the community of people who does it or works with people who do it, you just sound like an idiot. You just sound like an asshole. Like, just stop using the term. It doesn't make sense anymore. We've never thought of it that way. There's, there's, there's a lot of techniques and they're all just trying to get to the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I would second that everybody stop fucking talking about it.
0: I mean, athletes move to weird, obscure places sometimes to like train like basketball players. A lot of times train in like the sand dunes like that. We don't need to name that. <laughs> we don't need to have a terminology for that. What did you do this off I moved to Tanzania so I could train in the sand. Oh, you're so method. Not even <laughs> that very, even
1: that even Strasburg and Stanislavski with these things that they came from, no one actually laid a rule out that w- what is the tentpole of where this came from? That Oh, they stay in character. That is not even in the books. That's, That's not, not yeah, even no in the right. teaching for like what, they were talking about when they were literally it's, teaching it's the like methods. In, it's
2: it's speaking in it's spoken in hushed tones it's like what's cooler someone who has to stay in character the whole time or someone who could just turn it on and off like that
1: yeah well it, it as look as well. it sounds yeah. good from a marketing perspective i get it yeah. everybody thinks it's really sexy and rude yeah it's the little, weird the and little joker I mean, he yeah. lived
0: in the woods like what a selling point he really lived in the woods. He he built a musket or, <laughs> yeah. no, or whatever. the revenue. He, he, he whittled a canoe. Like... Yeah, Dave. Yeah. He didn't find All right, let's
1: let's fucking <clears throat> go, dude a lot of beer
0: and now we're into our weekly recap this is memorial day weekend 2023 dave anything to it's say Sort. it's the sort of
2: uh recap we're recording this uh no it's, no it's actually for real we, we recorded it the whole weekend we've uh we've uh, actually muted john um we've gagged him for speed and i uh, had time for a quick change as well so we definitely did not record this show in three different segments
0: in case anyone <laughs> was wondering um so <laughs> I'm not allowed to say we're that. so professional <laughs> we're so professional we could tie them together all right well we know we've already recorded the other segment so we know it's going to be a long one so quickly yes what do you got from your box office numbers for this week memorial day well weekend.
2: We, we had uh we had a few releases in the first week uh little mermaid came out uh obviously yep. um and it's been split down the middle with the reception for that one uh the machine came out from sony pictures uh which is uh a comedy one of those really ridiculous comedies it looks like uh I actually am a little bit intrigued cuz they're like my secret passion so I may end up seeing this by the end of the weekend um oh, wow. it's i mean it's not doing too bad little mermaid uh, just today pulled in 38 mil and uh it's up against it it pulled in 2.2 2 mil so it's not doing too bad okay
0: all right just <laughs> getting <laughs> fuck out of buzz um uh, well yeah, I um, have here that the Little Mermaid's gonna hit 130 or so over the four-day weekend. That's pretty good. I mean, it's got mixed really? reviews, and Fast X is gonna cross the 500 million dollar mark over the, its two weeks. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's globally. So that's pretty Fast, good. Fast X pulled in and put in
2: another 6.3 to just today,
0: um, and but it had
2: a had a like a 78 percent drop off, which is weird because it's a really good movie. It's a little. It's pretty big. It's a pretty yeah. big drop off for them. Yeah. Yeah, but it, like uh, uh, the funny thing is like five of the the five new releases that came out this week. Um, Like Little Mermaid, the Machine, about my father, Kandahar, and mm-hmm. you hurt my feelings are all in the top 10 of gross today.
0: That's good. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know, this weekend's all about succession, Dave. The finale of succession is coming <laughs> yeah, nobody's out going to the movies. Sunday. <laughs> They're braiding Sunday. themselves. Well, holiday weekends are tricky, but I guess there's a lot of kids and a lot of people need things to do. So 130 for a holiday weekend is pretty great for a Little Mermaid. So kudos to mm, them. Yeah. Obviously, Killers they, of the Flower they Moon predicting? premiered. What were they predicting for them? Um, I think I think that's about right. I think it was okay. like it, it was, it was, it was predicted to break because this it's a four-day thing. So it kind of yep. changes the way you usually think it of does. weekends because of the the holiday. Not that a million people go to the movies on Monday, but yeah, with especially with like the Thursday night, you know, this it's basically almost like a full week condensed. But they were expecting I mean it's got a $250 million budget. So they were sort of banking on it, making a hundred. <laughs> um but yeah, but then you got Cannes, so Flowers of the Killer Moon, Scorsese, oh, uh, that yeah. premiered out of contention, so it's not in the contest, but obviously a lot of buzz about that, really high reviews. Uh, and the Palme d'Or went to a woman for the third time ever. Only the third Ooh. time behind Jane Campion and um, and the Titan director, Julia DiCorno, um, won this year. So there Was you it go. Was <laughs> <laughs> No, not this no. year. not this year. It's for a movie called... Mm. <laughs> Dave, it's from a movie called um, Anatomy. Car <laughs> it's car fuckers. It's from a movie called Anatomy of a Fall, which is directed by Justine Triet. Um, which I think is in French. I can't remember. Anyway, but really, okay, let's, let's finish up with some strike news. We want to keep it tight oh, so we can yeah. get into the things. Because a lot of this is about strike. And I think the thing to be clear about where we're at with the strikes is that people keep saying the Writers Guild strike, Writers Guild strike. Also, you got to love yeah. this David Zaslav getting booed at Boston. He apparently made $200 million over the past two years with bonuses and mergers and all this stuff that he got. And uh, then released then then Max
2: and yeah. ditched the fucking titles of director and writer and just lumped them all under creator's headline apparently they didn't know that's the story they're going the with they, house, they, they, the yeah they house. didn't know uh, and it's going to be it's going to be fixed like it was it was like 12 hours before it was discovered and they were like yeah we're so fixing dumb. that
0: sorry about but, that and he and i love how he said he, one of his exact quotes and this is this one's semi-viral so forgive me if you've already heard this folks but he said you have to listen to people you don't agree with was in, it in his speech <laughs> and it was like well what about the writers that um are overdrafting yeah. their card accounts even though they're nominated for emmys um so anyway crazy time julia louise dreyfus has come out uh representing sag aftra and there's they've already been voting for the strike and yeah, it's gonna I've, happen I've been, people yeah it looks like it's going and and dga as well now dave you are in you're in. You're not in those guilds yet, although you probably will no. be. But you are in um, local one. So I think I think a lot of people don't really understand unions, but it is possible in theory that the DGA and the SAG-AFTRA um, avert a strike, even though they're not going to. They're going to fucking strike. But yeah. they could basically they're voting that their representation could strike if it comes to that. Is that right? Is that the good way of, of framing it? Um, which which one are you talking about? Honestly, all of them. I mean, but like we're, we're just, under
2: like, we're under the banner of IATSE, so we can go and pick it um right. but yeah at the moment the theatrical guilds are not striking um yeah that, they're, if, they're if, voting if sag that. if sag goes out um then that will definitely affect some productions in new york
0: Yeah. So right now SAG is voting and most members are voting to strike. So what that means is that their representatives or their agents that at the head of SAG, if they wanted to, if they don't strike, they're the ones negotiating. Obviously your average SAG member isn't. So it is possible that SAG and GGA do. Um, And I was just talking to somebody, they're getting really clever with these things, but it's got to be done. So I I was talking to somebody that wrapped a show that filmed after the strike started, but the scripts were done. They couldn't change the words. They had to do the pink you know slips or the pink pieces of Uh paper anytime they tried to change like a single word it was really contentious and they knew nobody would cross the line because obviously everybody's working there is in some kind of guild or union so what they how about this Dave you ready no Mm -hmm. call sheets oh that was that's their solution no call sheets and I thought it was because they didn't want it to leak and it's actually because people would show up to wherever they're going to be and protest oh yeah because the call sheets get out yeah if the call sheets get out it has locations and so no call sheets in fact one time they found out where they were filming even without the call sheet and they had to move everything inside before and it got to the point where the picket was in between the trucks and the sound stage and so they basically <laughs> had to film everything yeah. with what they already had because as soon as they left they would have to cross the line to go to the truck and then they you know just honor and decency yeah. as a member of a sister guild you won't be able to cross back so well, anyway I mean,
2: that's the thing where we're in the middle is, as like. For local one, because if they pick it outside the theater, we cross because it's not, it doesn't fall under like our purview. That that contract doesn't fall under it, even for the actors. So it's it's like a it's like a weird fucking time. I just it almost want SAG to go out just so
0: we can sort this. Um, it just feels weird. But honestly, with AI and stuff, and usually the DGA leads this because. I'm sorry, you can't really make a movie without a director. You can try without yeah. a script. You can try to do an improv movie, but you, you need somebody at the helm. The director is the captain of the ship. And the funny the funny thing is, the timing is the DGA is last. Well, you can't, so, you can't writer's do an improv because
2: they sack you and hire Ron Howard to finish it.
0: <laughs> anyway, of, co- of course you need everybody, but long story short is like, guys, the strike is not done anytime soon. It's going to happen all summer. Um and then the last thing is Comcast Comcast is hemorrhaging subscribers so their solution is to bundle streamers which i believe is sounds just like a fucking cable bundle. <laughs> <laughs> they're losing subscribers so fast they're trying a streaming bundle. <laughs> It's It's funny, someone someone
2: actually explained this um, this week. They went into detail and explained why these companies are having so much trouble because they buy, it's, it's a business, it's a public company, and they buy a production company. And now the way a production company reports is the losses from the production aren't added to the books until it's all reconciled at the end, including profits that come in from that. So the company doesn't actually show a loss in reporting. But with a public company, you have to report that shit straight away. So ah. from a perspective, it looks like the public company is hammering money because of all these production costs. Like mm. it's, it's hemorrhaging money and the stock price drops. So that's why everyone's trying to offload price. these fucking production. Oh yeah. It's apparently it's all about the stock price. Like, f- fuck's fuck sake. Well, and of course that you things, can't but ever apparently... make a loss once you've got a stock price. Like,
0: that's why these entertainment companies they lost 10 billion dollars and they're not losing too much sleep the executives because they're like well we'll get it back once we get up and running again and it's like the fact that we build our whole life around this is really shitty but yeah oh well yeah um and jennifer lawrence apparently said doesn't anyone fuck anymore in the trailer of a new movie and it's going semi-viral so there you go oh yeah yeah that i've I've seen that trailer that actually is slightly interesting it's funny right yeah it looks yeah, funny it all right it does I, I think awkward I think shit, enough funny. news. <laughs> i think that's enough news so we get to the rest of our episode well, yeah, anything else before we... no let's let's throw to it let's dive in all right john you're welcome back under the air now Let's do it, people. It is officially time to get into our oh, it's first gonna be This one's gonna two hurt. face-offs. So our fir- we're gonna do two face-offs. The first one we're gonna do, we're gonna go in order. So 1980 versus 1981. 1980, of course, is oh. The Empire Strikes Back. 1981 is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Man, this is fucking tough right this now. This is oh, this is gonna hurt. This is we really have- gonna hurt. And then coming up very shortly, very soon, very shortly, the alcohol is starting to hit. We just recorded a mini episode right before this. Ow! No- 1982 is you know that i that
1: had a cl- yogurt parfait earlier guys i, I'm, I wow. don't have anything mm-hmm. on my stomach you you're yeah. gonna shit through the eye of a needle later
0: um, no, I'm just, god i'm just <laughs> fucking
1: feeling feeling the alcohol sorry jeff I had,
0: a, I had a bavarian pretzel for lunch which isn't um it's pretty absorbent but it also doesn't any have good any nutrients mustard? fucking great mustard but they didn't give the us enough. get to the point They gave (laughs) us more of this weird ass fucking like side that doesn't make any sense, and the the mustard was like a quarter full in that ramekin. Oh, he can't apparently. (laughs) Ramekin, (laughs) I can't do it. Okay, and then we're gonna do that you know great movie to get drunk and talk about E. T. 1982 highest grossing movie, and then of course Return of the Jedi. And then of course Return of the Jedi, but let's get into it. So in nineteen eighty, I should also say as we get as we segue into this here section, the box office numbers are definitely more accurate the later we go. <laughs> so yeah. early on, I looked at box office mojo, I looked at Wikipedia, I looked at IMDB, and I looked at anywhere that I could, even Rotten Tomatoes, like I looked anywhere. And the numbers are different in every fucking site. So it's getting really weird. So I'm gonna say the Wikipedia number, and then a lot of these movies did re-releases. So yeah. for those um i'll give the i'll um, give the numbers so
2: fucking numbers are like re-release
0: and adjusted for inflation and all that bullshit you never know which one you're getting so none of these none of these are adjusted for inflation fortunately but the empire strikes back is the second star wars movie duh as we all know which apparently (laughs) had a 17 million dollar budget apparently there's a whole drama behind it maybe it'll come out in conversation but apparently they didn't want to finance it even though star wars was one of the biggest hits of all time star wars i mean literally episode four like the first star wars so and fact, that movie I, made saw, I think I mentioned it before, but I saw Star Wars before it had episode four on the title. That's so cool. You're so old. But that's so cool. Um, so then... Get your king, Grandpa. <laughs> when, when I saw Star Wars,
1: there wasn't episode four. <laughs> Get off.
0: Get but off Empire, they door. like, they like wouldn't give them the $30 million budget to go over credit. So they, fucking Lucasfilm had to like, buy some of their own share. Anyway, whatever. It got really fun. But yeah. according to Wikipedia the initial release of The Empire Strikes Back in 1980, which, by the way, this movie came out in, to to qualify for our summer list, May 21st, 1980. There was a May 6th 6th premiere at the Dominion (laughs) Theater, but May 21st, 1980, so right before um, Memorial Day weekend. We are literally filming this on May 21st, which means that the day we are recording this and filming for our YouTube fans is the, get this, 43rd anniversary of Ooh. the release of the when the the Empire Strikes Back. Anyway, and I'm still older than it. 239. Yes, you guys hear my dog. Yes, yeah. 239 million dollars <laughs> at the box office. It it ended up making over time 538 million dollars from re-releases, and honestly, it's probably way more than that. And then that doesn't. What count was your first number that you
1: said at the box office? I'm just curious. 239 for so the I had, and on the numbers. If anybody's count, like on the numbers, they have 181. So, so I don't know. know that it's it's tough to tell. But the numbers also has. I want to call this out. Mm-hmm. The numbers has tickets sold, and I thought this was useful information. Mm-hmm. Sixty seven four one seven seven nine zero. So what is that?
2: just uh, no, no way that sixty seven. 67- Million, million tickets is no fucking way one, 1 seven seven one zero yeah and it costs I mean, that digits is 67 wise, i know that makes that sense but sixty-seven. That 67 million sold. That's,
1: that's how cheap i mean movie tickets yeah. were back It's like three yeah, you tickets, tickets you sell sell like seven bucks if you sold 68 million tickets today you would say it would be like a four billion dollar yeah. movie yeah.
0: That, that is crazy that is okay, so crazy right, keep going. I just other movies to that came sales out, out in 1980 you have airplane stir crazy nine to five did not come out during the summer any which way you can private benjamin smoking the, oh and the bandit God, two came out smoking Blue the, bandit. Goon, the blues brothers all these movies came out mm-hmm. but obviously the empire strikes back was going to fucking smoke them so that yeah. is on our list and then this is going to be up against raiders of the lost ark how great Jeff, is it the, Jeff, perhaps the two best movies of these two caddyshack great... caddyshack came out in 1980 dude give it up um, I didn't get down that far on the list. I'm so sorry. You are 100% right. Number 16, right.
1: July 25th. How fun is that?
0: <laughs> All love right. golf. 1981. <laughs> Congratulations to Brooks Koepka and Live Golf shore, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Sorry, you beat Victor Hovland today in the PGA Championships. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my Again, God. Again, I get two different numbers on this kind of shit, but the number on Wikipedia is 212, which beats On Golden Pond, which did not come out in the summer, but On Golden Pond's 119 million. And Superman 2, Arthur... I actually saw that in the drive-in. No shit. Arthur stripes Cannonball Run Chariots of Fire. (sighs) Jesus. For your eyes only, the Four Seasons Time Bandits. All came fucking out in nineteen. Time Bennetts Going on
2: the record right now. I fucking love Time Bennetts. All right. Fucking Body
1: Heat came out in eighty one. Everybody else, Time
0: bandits. The, the the ticket ticket sales. Sales. American yeah. Werewolf in London. The Endless ticket love. Sales again. American the Great Mata Mata is great too. History of the World Part One. Come on, I never saw it. So that.
1: many great movies. The uh, The Raiders of the Lost Ark ticket sales were only sixty million five hundred eighty four thousand six hundred sixty four. Mm-hmm. So a seven million ticket difference. That is, with today's prices, that would be hundreds of yeah, thousands, maybe yeah. millions of dollars.
2: You'd have big codes that
1: stick the internet claiming it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Seven, God yeah, almighty, yeah. dude, that's so good. All right, All right guys, people. you don't like it when I type, but I really want to type in the price of a movie ticket back and I really, really want to know. Well, let's
0: do it. Let's get into this. You want me well, to? You want to hear me type this, or are you going to bitch at me about typing it? No, go resources? ahead. No, go ahead and type it out because we are doing. Pretty sure it was seven
2: dollars. I was probably. There.
0: I bet you if we if we did some surveys, I think it's cheaper than Ready? seven dollars. Ready? It's definitely cheaper than seven dollars. nineteen eighty, I would guess three twenty-five.
2: Pro- nineteen
1: uh, movie prices had dropped to about somewhere between two sixty-nine and five forty-six depending on where you lived in the country, a big city. City. You guys,
2: you guys got it cheap. I was paying way more for that for a ticket in Australia. Well,
1: we had to send them over an ocean to your fucking. That's fair. We got them them like a year later too. Can you imagine paying three fucking dollars to see a blockbuster summer movie? We pay 21 to $26 to see them in large formats today. Yeah. That makes me want to throw
0: up. That is fucking incredible. Sorry. Continue. No, we got it guys. It, this is a simple game, one one right. verse one versus the other. Go ahead and fight your case. Um, we, we should give the people what we what they want to hear. Um, so, why is Empire going to win? Oh,
1: come <laughs> I don't <on>. know what <laughs> it is. Yeah, come on, I'm going to buzz you just because. Mm. Why not? Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go, there we go, there we go. Yeah, how do we want to do this? What, listeners I mean, you're feeling this out for the first time should we go around and kind of say what yeah. we think about each movie And then... I don't want
0: to say bad shit about this although I will if I have to but I mean come on we got Raiders of the Lost Ark man I got a fucking magazine I got this for Christmas
1: well let's go in order let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Empire first just cause Dave you should probably start cause you were you were there you were like 35 <laughs> years old you, were... <laughs> <laughs> you can go <laughs> fuck yourself to too that. if you like <laughs> <laughs> It's not bitchy, think, I think, huh? I think, I think everybody. Dave, Dave was alive, but he was a kid, of course. We, but Fuck anyone yeah. who's a huge Star Wars fans, like you know, of course, we're, we're big fans as well. You read about what was happening contextually. Jeff gave us a little bit behind the scenes with background, but this was one of the very first times that a franchise like this, that wasn't based on existing IP, because they had tried superhero movies, superhero movies before. They had tried some adaptations from very famous uh, novels in the sci-fi horror space in the 50s and 60s. But Star Wars was exactly what you think it was. It came out mm-hmm. of absolutely nowhere. It's original work. It had that Buck Rogers kind of feel. So the first one took the world by storm. So, <laughs> it was yeah, way less stakes- campy than Buck Rogers. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on, come on. Have the stakes ever been be, 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 higher, be, be, be. though,
2: for a sequel? Uh- I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, this is kind of the no. first uncharted I mean, they, territory. But like, also we're gonna make it. Were, just- we're gonna make it like multi episodic, and, and like he starts at four, and then five. And I'll will t- tell you what. One thing I will say is all this rhetoric about empires is, is the best movie, not when you're a kid.
1: I felt that you, way too when you are a, a kid,
2: kid watching Empire for the first time. You're like, where's all the action? Where's all the fun stuff? This you, is dramatic. I, this is the, heavy. You love
0: the opening, like, though. The, the opening was fun as a kid. Hoth was fun as a kid. Not
2: really. It's, it's got a big fucking. I was, I was like eight years old. I thought it take. was
0: bold as fuck. And I was I'm, like, we're in I'm the like, snow. Like, we got these snow binoculars, like these night vision goggles. We got a Yeti. I was yeti. more interested
2: in the Adats later when they turned up. But the adults, would you say? Dave, Dave yourself. Oh, the a- you're so
1: right, dude. I'm so glad you brought that up. I remember when I was a child thinking, "Jeff, I don't know about you, but I sat down like officially with my parents when we bought like the box set of the re-release, yeah. you know, versions." And I like, I like Jedi better I was as probably a six or seven two. or eight. I was definitely. I thought this was the adult movie. I thought this was for yeah. the adults. Like I didn't, I, did, think I didn't it was understand for me.
0: the ending. I couldn't believe it ended when it did. I was like, "What?" I mean,
2: I yeah. I understood the ending. They had granted, they had me by the ending, even as an eight year old. But then it was like. You know, uh, am I, I'm allowed to, is it spoilers to say they chop his hand off? I think we're safe with spoilers, right? Like when they started chopping... Yeah, if you chopping, get spoiled by this, yeah, then, yeah, then you yeah, should Yeah, you. You this podcast. But like when they, they got to that and it's like, you just chop fucking Luke's hand off. It's like you've ruined my hero. Like that's how I took it as a kid. Like I didn't yeah. get the nuances behind it about how he was going to slowly become what Vader was. And that sort of thing. As a kid, I didn't get it. So I didn't like that movie.
1: All right, so... Knowing me, you guys know me. I loved that sequence. I thought everything in the middle and all the conversation, Cloud City. I really enjoyed though the final emotional. I'm your father. Mm. He chops Luke down. I feel like even then I was I was like yeah. very I was you know trying to understand what storytelling was, and I was like, oh my god, of of course we don't know how Luke is going to get out of this. Have you have you heard like, the story I loved behind that this? idea?
2: Have you heard Mark Hamill tell the story behind that? Um, when they originally the, how he didn't know. No, he knew. Mark, say Mark Hamill knew, um, because yeah, he had to react for everybody to everybody it. Else but to, no, yeah, um, yeah. when when they first did it, whenever with when everyone on set, they said, uh, "Obi wan killed your father," and then he's like, "Okay, I'm going to tell you something," and yeah. we're going to do this after everyone left. They shot it without them, and he had to react to, "I'm your father," and he had to keep that secret for a fucking year while they're in post-production they found out the premiere kind of, right apparently yeah um well uh everybody found out the premiere yeah they couldn't tell carrie apparently because she was the public address system of the
0: set um and if you, if you want anyone to know anything tell carrie and say like, keep it to yourself apparently. She apparently during this movie lost a lot of weight and had allergic reactions. she got down to 85 pounds and like, oh, would, like that's not apparently healthy had like yeah no apparently had yeah. some like shit going on they filmed it in london pounds. they filmed Jesus. in england yeah
2: yeah um but yeah, Harrison Ford took exception with him at the premiere. Uh, and he does a wonderful impression. <laughs> Look up that clip on uh YouTube if you if you want. But yeah, I just I just think like this was so dark. And for something that had been it was had space action and you had the heroes and you know sure there was a bit of sacrifice so yeah, had to have your like whiff of death. Like I get that now as an adult. I got it in Star Wars when they did it. I was sad, but you know we moved on. And I felt like that was a little more temperate this one just went down a fucking dark path like eight-year-old me still doesn't know what the fuck happened inside that cave and did not enjoy <laughs> it at all so um all yeah. right
1: well but to switch gears all the reasons you're talking about that a child might not respond to them that's why critically and why i think as, as adults everybody looks yeah at, i think justifiably so at empire is one of the more mature you know, expressions of that world. You took the characters, and I don't think we can give enough enough weight to this. This was one of the first times that we had seen this kind of quest trilogy expressed at that level of production ever. Uh, so obviously, oh, yeah. we I wasn't there at the time. But... So I do think they were, in a way, they were kind of writing their own rules too. Like, what is the massive movie trilogy going to do? I think they still understood
2: what George did that a lot, man. George wrote his own rules a lot.
1: (laughs) Which is which? So we we have to, you have to kind of put that in context when you're talking about these movies. But the
0: idea that he would direct (laughs) this—sorry, he didn't direct this—that he was like, "Okay, I'm going to be around for everything, but I'm not going to be in charge of any one thing." Is pretty brilliant.
1: Lawrence Kasdan wrote this, produced
0: but yeah. it, but it was also it was largely thanks to a um, Philip Kaufman. Oh no, never mind. Sorry, never mind. That's Philip Raiders. Kaufman
1: produced. Yeah, that, oh, as I say, that's produ- he produced he Raiders, this. right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so skipping ahead, uh, fuck.
1: <laughs> but who who directed who directed this? Lee one
0: Brackett one? also co-wrote this. Uh, this is directed by Irvin Kirshner. Lee Brackett Irving also Kirshner. co-wrote this.
1: Yeah, and I've heard. In every, I think every, every, anyone who's seen all these documentaries, I've heard Irvin Kirshner describe <laughs> this as when he was talking about, when he was approached about possibly directing this. And he said, you know, I kind of looked at this middle passage as he's a huge fan of classical music. So he kind of equated Empire to the Largo, the Adagio, in the middle of the symphony. Movement three and four, if you will, were one of those movements. And I, as much as I agree with you, Dave, from the kid's perspective, which, don't get me wrong, Star Wars is supposed to be family, you know, accessible Mm. to all family members, but... This was one of those movies that I had that very special feeling with as, as I was growing up, where I kind of got to grow with the movie, to understand why people who were adults seem to gravitate to it objectively as the best Star Wars movie. And I just I don't know. I just feel like there's a uh, there's a patience in the pacing. There is a they they put so much weight on the relationships in this movie, because even though there's an enormous amount of plot. That is happening. Yeah, it's not the sequencing of this film is not is not quite as um, uh, success or failure driven. Yeah. That's going I mean, to be like, do we blow this thing up or not? No, it's more about can we get information from this person? Can we in, infiltrate this area? Are we going to be able to subvert you know this person's yeah. manipulation? That's because he, he doesn't. More find, he doesn't find
2: out he snogged his sister until the next one.
0: Okay, yeah, they I made mean, some mistakes, Dave. That. They mm-hmm. made some mistakes. Sure, 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 sure. Endurance sure. is bliss. But Guys, honestly, I feel like
1: it was much more than the like sister. It's not I want to point, I want to point this out because other people are <laughs> sure. <feel> like, have, <laughs> since uh post <laughs> fuck you, dude. <laughs> That's <why I'm> Post <laughs> post and or I think a lot of people have said the sentence to me: this is the best Star Wars material since Empire Strikes Back. And we all, I think we all know that's what they mean when they that's say fair that. comparison. It's for adult. It's for a, an older mindset. And I, I would, I I would throw Rogue One in there a, as well,
2: but anyway, yeah.
1: I would too, which is also his material. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the reason I think that exists is because it feels more like if you actually realistically put yourselves as a resistance fighter into the gigantic galactic zeitgeist at the time period of Empire Strikes Back, that's why it feels real you would yeah. be trying to use friends like Lando Calrissian to navigate into a safe space those friends might turn on you just to so they don't get fucking murdered cuz everybody has their back against a wall it wasn't yeah. just can we get that information can we drive our ships and explode that thing it was it was it was much more intrigue and i just feel like that's why it's still it still feels yeah. suspenseful to me it still we feels also, like it
2: i'm just i'm just also like from a perspective like as on a rewatch yes i agree 100 uh as an adult now watching that it is a well crafted piece of film but when you put it up against for instance raiders that i watched then and i watch now and i still have exactly the same response to
0: yeah, I don't, I don't. But we'll get to that in a second. Um. So, so let me interject and in myself into this conversation. Um. Two things to remember about Empire. Number one, this is where we met. Jeff, Yoda. Do you want to say something, Jeff? Yes, what this this happened, this, is, this
2: happened last time too, right? Guess, Jeff, just because I wasn't in think, fast Jeff? act. Jeff, just because I,
0: I didn't see fast. <laughs> th-
1: <laughs>
0: Jeff, we can't hear you. We see your lips moving, but. <laughs> Your buzzer works. Fuck you, John. I'm, I'm sabotaging the show. I'm just sabotaging it. Um. Okay, hold on a second. Some things to remember. This movie is so iconic that you actually don't remember, or at least uh, maybe like, if you weren't really paying attention, the Imperial March wasn't in the first Star Wars. It actually came in this one, and it was so iconically brilliant in addition to the John Williams car from the first film that you almost thought it was there the whole time. So the, the Imperial March was introduced into this. Yoda was introduced into this. I had a teacher today yeah. literally oh, talking God. about Yoda today as, as a reference because it was like, Yoda <laughs> did not like Luke. He just needed to treat him like an asshole as an experiment, as a test to make sure he could push him. And they were talking about like arts education and stuff. And then, and then like, you, How you push your where to Yoda just got stuff.
2: so sick of listening to Luke. little so, bitch, so look, he just dies. He just died, so yeah, that's true. 100% ever. true. 100%, <laughs> 100%
0: true. So the thing, the only, if you want to look in the great context, there's two things that Empire did that were a disservice to the franchise. Number 1 is it didn't build the intergalactic war at all. So you didn't meet these other factions that could that were that could have helped in Jedi so when you're going to hear what I'm going to say about Jedi soon but um <laughs> it, it it kept the it kept the scope very simple and intimate and i think Ryan Johnson really wanted it to be this one simple little story this little you know like we got this little thing that Did we got to do forward here about who? 30 years no but, but but it was the same idea in the sense that it was the <laughs> middle movie so let's just find the point cuz the yoda con- luke conversations especially when yoda's like your training's not done you have to do what's in your gut. And Luke's like, well, what's in my gut is to leave my training and go to help my friends. And that conundrum is sort of like the, the conceit of this film. That's like the thesis. It's like, (laughs) what's the point of the Jedi, if not to help people in need. And like, you know, this, it's like, there's so much that comes up in Mm. that conversation. I think a giant hypocrite later when you get to like the, the later seasons yeah 100 true but i think i, I would say ryan johnson with two tried to do uh well this is 24 hours this is the shit that's happening and this is where we talk about what the jedi are. The jedi is a religion and they, they like gave him they signed off on that and he was like it's just a religion right like it's just it like, certainly is I'll in th- australia
2: no we did it. Mm. we filled everyone filled in jedi in the, on their census and it's now recognized religion in australia so,
1: so anyway, anyway you guys called it the jedi <laughs>
0: A fucking jetty. Yeah. Look, I'll, look, I'll say this: <laughs> I'm gonna have a jetty tinny. Live jetty tinny. <laughs> one of the best presents when when I opened my Christmas presents 2019, and my brother had gotten my whole family tickets to see Empire Strikes Back with a live orchestra. I was like, this is. Ah, yeah. the, I was. I got mad at my brother because it was such a good gift. I was like, this motherfucker nailed it. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good gift. So we saw it. I believe it was January 2020. Um, what a time to be alive. and yeah. It's actually hilarious because you think that the opening is gonna be the Star Wars duh, da 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 and it's actually the 20th century Fox theme, as I've talked about on the show. So all of these people at the fucking NJ Pack, like thousands of people, were getting ready, we're so fucking hype. And then the first thing you hear is just a snare drum. Dun, 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 and everybody laughs because we thought it was gonna be the Star Wars thing. And like mid-laugh, it says a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Never a bunch of English colonizers cheering. with Boston accents took over the galaxy, and then you know whatever. But it's like this mm. movie is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good gag. <laughs> so anyway, this movie, this movie is so fucking good. I will say, but I'll, I will level though and say it was too good. Because it was an isolated movie, and yes, it answered a lot of questions that can be expanded out, but it did not set its franchise up for success moving forward, I'm so (laughs) sorry to say. But this is the quintessential, what is the point? They answered that question, they did it in a way that was great, that had a good story and a good plot, the characters got to develop, we found more about them, and it's almost hard to imagine them without the things that happened in this movie, so therefore, this is the greatest Okay. Do we
2: even need to move on to Raiders?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, let's move on to it Ra- because that's perfect. That's <laughs> the that is the gauntlet. He just threw it down. <laughs> I mean, we all know it. That's the best p- context possible. One year later, George Lucas hires his friend Steven Spielberg, fresh off a movie we have reviewed before 1941 which didn't do super well <laughs> we hired him after that uh, <laughs> yeah uh, honestly like a sure honestly like a rescue attempt but not that Stephen really needed but what a fun team up what a fun way to say hey do you want to come make this with me <laughs> I hired him to direct uh as you're right jeff philip kaufman who made uh the right stuff and was a famous producer he got behind it as well they tried to sell this i heard on a podcast yesterday And Lawrence Kasdan. Listen to this this fucking package, Lawrence Lawrence Kasdan. Who already the success was there, folks. What I'm about to say. Listen to this package. George Lucas producing, Lawrence Kasdan screenwriter, Steven Spielberg directing, Philip Kaufman producing. They sold it. They took it to every (laughs) single studio, and they all said no. They all said no, except for who released this? I have it right here. Paramount. Paramount the oldest studio in the fucking town said yes to it and they're no they they are then they were then they are now no strangers to the giant blockbusters but universal fox like everybody famously passed on star wars until fox said yes which was you know strange to everybody at the time so anyway paramount would choose to make this movie everybody dave you tell me but i feel like everybody probably knew this is going to be fun um, we had not seen Harrison ford Really explode into another movie since he, he was establishing himself in yeah. the Star Wars films, right? Mm-hmm. So some people thought it was kind of a risk to do that, but Spielberg they, and Lucas they tested were like,
0: no, Burt Reynolds. I there mean, was a was, screen yeah. test of Burt Reynolds that yeah. you can find online. It was he was not it. He was not. it, <laughs> he was not it. Mean, to be honest, it <laughs> is, is a bit of it. a similar similar character. Just take the spaceship out, but it, it's funny. Yeah. He had chari- he had charisma, but it seemed like he didn't have the adventure. It just seemed like he wanted to like fuck the, 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 um, the, gaunt- the, the, you know, the prizes and the women and then move on. But like Harrison you, had the okay, okay, adventure. Are you talking about Burt Reynolds together? Yeah. What, what are you talking about?
2: I, no, I was just, <laughs> you didn't clarify.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, we all, are We all thinking? All right. So fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out in uh, June of 1981, mm-hmm. June 12th. Uh, this movie takes the world by fucking storm. Yes. Um, Let's point out just very quickly the differences. I think I've brought this up before, but the difference between a quest story and an adventure story. So with quest stories like Star Wars, although it has adventure elements, but I I guess we would call it a quest story. With quests, your protagonists especially, but generally speaking, your lead characters go through these arduous circumstances and come out different at the end of it. Versus an adventure story Indiana Jones (laughs) is the same At the beginning as he is at the end He is still Indiana fucking Jones And you can count he's going to keep doing this Over and over and over and over again
2: There is a valid argument that states that Indiana Jones actually affected none of the Events in this movie Because Everything (laughs) that was going to happen still happened He actually did Nothing except walk through and cause Some destruction He didn't affect any of it (laughs)
1: all right all right so what i want to talk about though uh, let's assume everybody's seen raiders of the lost ark and yes i'm gonna have fun pointing out some funny things too but i think what spielberg did more than anything else for me with that movie because he had not had to do this before spielberg very infamously didn't really make sequels of his stuff he turned down jaws he didn't make a sequel at all until he started dreamworks and they were like you got to fucking make another jurassic park do we need a movie (laughs) and he like finally said like okay fine But like he never ever wanted to make sequels of his stuff. So Mm -hmm. as much as it's funny, as much as we think of him as the king that makes these massive IP, you know, properties that could go on for years and years, he never had any interest in retelling them. So what I love the most about Raiders of the Lost Ark is that he found a way to mythologize a character in almost every single scene of this movie. There is some Mm -hmm. shot. Or some action yeah. of Indiana yeah. Jones that, that was merchandisable, <laughs> whether it was a shadow on the wall, yeah, or it was just instantly recognizable. Would, yes, I mean instantly like he,
2: recognizable. That, that was he was creating indie memes before memes were a thing.
1: It really, it really is true. Like I can't say yeah. enough. Like, and and then when you get to, of course, the set pieces, the action sequences, they're everybody has talked about these things for years. You can just turn the sound off and watch the escape scene where he gets the truck. I mean, that is a fucking lesson in action sequencing. There are, there is humor, there's heart, but ultimately he very, they both very comfortably told America, told the world, we don't expect much from you, audience. Just come and have fun and eat your popcorn. We're not going to scare yeah. you to death. We're not going to ask you to get too emotional. We just want to show you a good fucking time. And this might be, at that point in history, this might be the best adventure movie that had ever been made at that point. Probably. That safe to say?
2: That's safe yeah. to say. Yeah. I mean, they used to do real, like the, the real ones before... Like movies, it was they it was like an adventure reel. You get like I, I did they make the Alan Quartermains back then? Uh but the Rocketeer stuff like things like that. Uh this was in the same vein as that, but it was a feature. Like it was a featured yeah. presentation and it had all the all the benefits that come with that. And it yeah, this this was a movie that just hit real I, I should, hard.
0: I need, I need to make a clarification. Burt Reynolds apparently turned down the opportunity to do this what I'm thinking of is Tom Selleck. Easily confused, but Tom Selleck actually screen tested for Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. In the hat. He actually did it. And then as soon as I said it out loud, I was like, God, those two motherfuckers with the mustaches, I confused (laughs) them up. I should say that. Guys, I do like this movie. I will say in hindsight, and I said this in the 1941 episode, I do feel like Steven Spielberg, even at an early age, the, the humor just didn't, you know what it is? It's, 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 Who somebody said this? Comedy is always written for the time that it comes out. All movies are are all all art is made for the time it comes out in and we decide what it what deserves legacy. Like um uh the the fucking Mona Lisa like is not that special of an artist without the history. Like you look at it, it's brilliant and it's amazing. But there's a lot of like great things that you just fucking walk past in a museum that, you know. But anyway, with when it comes to like good art, it's it's hard to give it that legacy status. And this thing has it. It does. This is so quintessentially 1981. <laughs> the, the thing that, that, that's tricky for me, the only thing that's holding it back for me, is that they do like group scenes where everybody just, you could tell they were directed, just put their arms in the air. And so there's like crowd scenes that are like, hey! And everybody has their arms in the air. And it, it just seems like a grandpa was directing the scene and, and made it too simple. I, it it lacks some specificity to me. Because other than that, it is such an incredible adventure movie. The lighting is brilliant and, and i don't oh, mean yeah. to just be i don't mean to be flipping about that but like when you're moving around and you're on sets and they're on location they're literally out there that's indy got sick because he was out he ate um harrison ford ate the famous the famous sword scene yep with a gun. We, I think we've all heard that anecdote before. There was supposed to be a huge sword fighting scene and Harrison Ford got like food poisoning because they were in a country they'd never been to before and he ate the cuisine and it didn't sit well with his stomach because who who knows how they prepared it, but it's not a way that he, you know, so he's literally was like, I need an hour. If you want me to work tomorrow, I need to go to bed now and I need to pass this. And so you have an hour like, and, then they, and and yeah. apparently they, they both kind of said at the same time, like, well, why doesn't he just shoot him? and they yeah. did it and they said well, well you gotta shoot him and then turn around and like look as if there's more to do so they just, they just fill it out and it happened to work but like so I, I don't mean to be flippant about the lighting but like the fact that they're moving and Spielberg is famous it's, it's funny when you watch Spielberg movies and you think they're Scorsese movies where everything is pre-planned and pre-whatever and he very famously gets on sets and re stages and re-choreographs and redoes everything the fact that it looks as good as it does knowing that the crew was I mean, probably like, you what in a the second. They were like what the fuck do they want to do what, they, what do they want me to do? The fact that it, it looks and feels the way it does is just like, it really is one of the great adventure movies of all time. I mean, there, really is. there is one There's scene with a couple with that. grandpa scenes they, in it for me. They
2: had to, had to shoot uh, after one of the actors had finished, I think, and he'd left. So they literally got his hat and a jacket and stuck it on a broom in the car. If you look closely in the car when it's driving off, it's just a jacket and a hat on a fucking stick. He, the what guy's not there. What? Yeah. when
0: is it when is this in the movie
2: um it's I'm trying to think when um I think it's in the just after the airport Nazi I think the Nazi airport so it's also, it, yeah but uh Nazi there airport. is basically That's basically um that which fucking terrified me as a kid I might say like death by propeller is no way to go no matter what age you are
0: even if <laughs> you're fucking even a... if you're fucking enormous even an <laughs> yeah. enormous scary this Nazi guy this is also guy. uh 1941, movie. 1941
1: touches on it world war ii but let's push that aside because it wasn't super successful this was the beginning the first time steven had done his infamous like revenge on the nazis like his he all these wonderful these movies he's made throughout the years that seem to be commenting so strongly on that time period that he is so has such an affection for and such a respect for the the world war ii era so i mean even that also on its own like just setting it in that time like come on it's immediately compelling to think that this is happening behind the scenes. The backdrop is fucking World War II and the rise of the Reich. Um, there's a few funny moments I wanted to yeah. point out that are uh, that are uh, just kind of show you that there's a campiness to this film that I think oh, maybe God, was yeah. it and was it seen that way when it first came out? I'm yes, not I mean, sure.
2: Every almost, almost every scene from this film has been parodied at some point. Guys, it's Karen right, okay. Allen
0: Ready? out dr- out drinks at somebody. And then afterwards, has the most normal conversation that's ever been had. Even though she, we just watched her do eighteen whiskey shots, (laughs) and then she's like, "Hey, Indy, how's it going?" And it's like, "I'm sorry, you're drunk." She's (laughs) obviously Australian. Did you forget you're drunk? (laughs) And Dave.
1: There are certain like there are certain like. Mm. Oh, this is a movie. The way we're doing, it. like the cheesiness, the campiness, the mythologizing. I was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, Jeff. sorry.
2: As Jeff, for David, Jeff, just,
0: Jeff literally just took ten seconds to find the button and then hit the wrong he fucking did, one. Yeah, like, I'm trying. We've to, I'm had trying too to much make. To drink. I'm trying to make John's life as difficult as possible.
1: <laughs> You're doing it, uh, okay? When he <laughs> is, uh, when the museum head comes to his house, and he says, you know. They they do it. They're gonna they're gonna provide the funding, and they where the museum's gonna get it afterwards. He's like, great. Let me pack. And the only <laughs> thing he puts inside the suitcase are the hat, the jacket, and the whip. Yeah, like things like that <laughs> yeah. are just like you can't get away with that's, it nowadays. That's
2: iconic. It's yeah. Uh, I I will there, say like uh, there's another... okay one more, and then we Here. have to wrap this up
0: all right nobody hits him. the fact that nobody hits him as he's going into the, the play
1: nobody hits i would there were two other things when he can't find her in the basket scene and he the american comes in <laughs> and knocks over every single person's <laughs> basket it's just on the ground yeah. i thought that was just fucking hilarious and then my last little funny quip uh when he's telling her to run to safety in that fight scene in the square and he grabs her and he just throws her to the ground. Oh yeah. He yeah. Just yeah. It. I mean, he fucking heaves her to the ground. I don't think that was blocked. <laughs> it's like, get out of here. And he just fucking, she just rolls. There are so many things in this movie wow. that basically are super, super, super unrealistic. And I'm not even talking about in the sense of the world of Indiana Jones. Just yeah. we're in a movie. This is very much a movie. This is a movie, yeah. Presentation of an archaeologist James Bond, yeah. Which was, I, I think, the pitch to Steven Spielberg by George Lucas. I mean, Steven Spielberg he, said, "I want I to make George Spielberg Bond." Is,
0: it's James Bond, yeah. I might, yeah, have have. No.
1: like, "I'll yeah. do you one better. Let's make James Bond, but he's an archaeologist, and I've been wanting to do this for years." <laughs>
2: I I must
0: That's say, it. like I
2: was, I was going to lead towards Indiana Jones, but one thing that keeps coming into my mind as we're talking about this is. After Star Wars and after Empire, like I had, I were, like I had lightsabers. I didn't pick up a whip till I was thirty-five, <laughs> and I fucked myself up, and put it right back down again. Don't,
0: do not pick up a whip and think you can who use it. it? Fair, who wh- was it? Who told, who, who told you to put it down? Was it a lady? Yes.
1: <laughs> All right. Be gentle.
0: Be gentle, David. Fantastic cast. John Rhys-Davies, who you'll see as um, Gimli in Lord of the Rings, is in this movie. Of course, Alfredo Merlina as Satipo at the very beginning there. And then Ronald Lacey as Totes. So what
2: what is advancing? Should we vote at the end? No, we have to do it now before we move on to the next bracket. All right. Let's vote now.
1: I'm going Substance... Over campiness, I'm going Empire Strikes Back. I think it's just a more substantive film. I think over time, I think John Say would have liked it more then, but I think definitely over time, I think Empire is a a stronger film.
0: Dave?
2: I have changed my vote from Raiders to Empire.
0: Wow. I thought I was worried you were going to do it. Now, I will say, I think there's a rite of passage of all kids, because I kind of remember being like, wait. How did no none of them throw a spear in this motherfucker as he was running away? They were all throwing spears. And I yeah. remember like parents being like, cause it's a movie, shut the fuck up and watch it. You m- know what I mean? Movie, I'm paraphrasing yeah. my parents, but it's like, there is all of the reasons that it's not advancing are reasons that make it lovable. You know, it's it's like it's a shame that the comedy didn't age well, but it's it's Empire. It's got it's Empire.
1: Look, if if Empire Strikes Back had not come out that year, I mean you know what I mean? Like, come on, it's yeah. okay to it for it yeah. to lose what, to Empire Strikes yeah, back. Yeah, whatever it was
0: <laughs>
2: would have creamed it would've creamed that if it wasn't Empire. Yeah. All
0: yeah. right. Yeah. All we right. have one check in the bank. Da, da, fuck up, Jeff. That <laughs> means that we have one movie added to the <laughs> <laughs> I have to come up with a better sound uh, effect. Dude, <laughs> Guys. This is our first week of this. We'll, yes, will we'll get a key. We'll, come on. <laughs> are you kidding me? Come <laughs> on. We we'll just talked to the, the setup, guy. And we're putting I'll the car. And we're back. And we're back. We haven't done that in a while. Right. Oh God, yeah. Empire has beat Raiders. What a yeah. life. Uh-huh. we live. Yep. We are now going to do 1982 that, versus that 1983. Sucked. One... <laughs> Only one can advance. So let me go ahead and delete my other things. Okay, so, so looking at E.T. versus Return of the Jedi. So other things that have come out in the year 1982. Tootsie came out in 1982. Officer and a Gentleman, uh, Rocky Three. That's right. Mr. T. came out in 1983. United Artists film there. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm. it's not there's anything
0: wrong with that. I've got Porky's. I've got Star Trek 2. I've got fucking Annie. How, the, fuck, Texas.
2: how the like Because Star Trek 2 is considered the best Star Trek film ever. They're wrong. Wrath of Khan. But it, yeah, it's considered... Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Um, that's how but, small
1: the... Dave, that's that, how small the, right, the group The Trekkies were like back then, just, yeah. Yeah, it just hasn't really...
2: Now then, they're... No, they're, they're huger now. They're like it's
0: huge now. They would only yeah, pay two dollars uh, a ticket, not the full five. <laughs> that it cost the go see Star Trek. Blade Runner came out in 1982. Yeah. And everybody according to, hated Blade Runner when it came out. And according to Wikipedia, no. it was not on the highest yeah. top grossing movies. It wasn't even in the top ten. Although I imagine internationally, worldwide, there's this is not including re-releases because in the re-releases, um, well, E.T. fucking smoked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, et e- e- <laughs> fucking smoking D- Releases. Like, That's right. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about you know drive-through movies and just like you know anniversary specials and such. Like, three hundred and fifty-nine million dollars is probably an understatement on on all metrics.
1: I have three hundred and twenty-one million. Again, these numbers are fucking. These
0: numbers are, are all off. Like, I don't you know, know what, do you, right. you from, what do you want for ticket sales. From me?
1: Ticket sales. You ready? Ticket for sales. Yeah, a hun- hundred and nine, four six eight. 951 almost so they, 110 uh, million, million tickets, tickets sold are so they average fucking, three dollars a kidding dude. that's three
0: that's three dollars a ticket <laughs> that's that's et
1: that's ET, dude fucking no.
0: hell that's three. That means you know what that means. That means a lot of people went to like drive-ins where you like pay per car or something. Like what the fuck is this? Three hundred fifty-nine million dollars on one hundred and t- 10, ten million dollar ticket. tickets in nineteen eighty-two. It's three dollars a ticket. You gotta come on. Guys, you gotta pay people. I put in the
1: the, the seventeen ninety-nine. I think that's the average cost in like a in a lot of places for like a movie <laughs> yeah. these days. It would have been a $2 billion movie. Yeah, of it course it would. <laughs> so to everybody, it's
0: everybody's like, E.T.'s the best movie of the time. And it's like, well, Endgame is the highest grossing. Well, Avatar. No, guys, yeah. come on. This yeah. is not even fucking close. And honestly, E.T. got smoked by these other movies we've already talked about. Raiders of the Lost Ark smoked this and fucking Empire fucking smoked this. Anyway, E.T.'s a fantastic fucking movie. It almost won Best Picture, and the rumor is that Steven Spielberg lost the Best Director Oscar to Richard Attenborough for fucking Gandhi. Richard Attenborough shook his hand mm. and said, You got robbed. Wow. I hope that
2: story is true.
1: I've heard that story. It is true. It is well. true. He's, yeah, right. well,
0: it's easy for Richard Attenborough to say because
1: he's, yeah. like he's still holding a fucking Oscar while he, he says
2: it. It's like, Let me hold my Oscar and shake your hand with this
0: one. It's like, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Shame, <laughs> right. Stephen. Better luck next time. you Yeah. Friend. So that's, 19,
0: <laughs> that's 1982. This is 1983. We know what yeah, happened. Yeah, it's like, people. Sorry, kid. And he gives him his hat.
1: Yeah. 1983.
0: <laughs> he's a maniac, maniac. Flashdance. Flashdance made 92 million dollars, which is good. Terms of Endearment came out later. It didn't come out in the summer. Trading Places. Trading,
1: alive, trading Places. places. Trading, guys, trading guys, Places. Guys,
0: uh. guys, we live in the world. We live in the world of AI. War games. War games. Where Matthew war games Broderick in a video so game.
2: Fucking good. Everybody watch War cool games. Risky, guys, risky I'm gonna say right business.
0: now. Risky business. Guys, I'm gonna say right now. War games. Best Matthew Broderick movie. Yeah, I love Ferris Bueller, but God, War Games is wow. good. No, you so, know what? So I would I would go the other way, but sure. Octopussy, Sudden Impact, Staying Alive, of course. Mr. So, Mums. So, staying so Alive uh, was a little bit of a flop for John, but I'm glad he some, got paid. Uh,
1: come on, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. Some award movies from that year, uh, Gandhi. The Big Chill, Terms of Endearment.
0: Big Chill's good.
1: Um, the Outsiders, <laughs> Sophie's Choice. Big year, folks. Scarface. Yeah. Are you kidding me? But sitting up very, 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 very comfortably, like not even close in the same galaxy, if you will, as any of these other movies, 1983, The Pick, Return of the Jedi. I mean, not even fucking close. Yeah. So I got uh, my numbers on the numbers are basically 250, 250 million. What are your
0: numbers? For um, Jedi? Jedi. 309. Okay, but my ticket
1: sales, remember, folks, E.T., almost 110 million. Mm jedi only sold 79 million it's just a little over 79 million tickets
0: so fewer Not yeah in the
1: same fucking world that's
2: crazy i mean yeah. which is really funny because when you think about that like what are all these fucking internet douches carried on about then
0: it's with, like, obviously they didn't go see the movie when it was out with re-releases yeah. um jedi got up to 475 Which is not great. So Empire definitely did better than it with the re-releases, but also Jedi did better than E.T. So $500 million with re-releases is pretty damn good for back then. And you know what? If they wanted to do the Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Lion King, if they wanted to just redo it with fucking Legos, it would make more money. Like, I don't know, whatever, whatever, you know? Does anybody know if they...
1: Does anybody know? Because Spielberg already had Amblin as his production Mm -hmm. company, right? But what was his logo before E.T.? Until he did the, you know, the moon. Like, the like who? Who, who is
0: Adam Sandler before Happy yeah, was Madison? It, was it a truck hood? Because tr- of Duel, I wonder. Yeah,
1: yeah I wonder what the <laughs> Amblin logo was before E.T. I mean,
0: did he even How have Amblin you know? by that point? Because I think, I think, I think, Am- I think they created Amblin for E.T. Didn't they? I mean, he he should have done it after Jaws. After Jaws, he had a company, no question. There's no way that he did right. There's no way that he just like was in. He, there's no way he was a sole proprietor. When he was pitching, um, uh, all right. Those encounters. We, we, should we, we talk we about should, these movies? <laughs> let's, let's let's start on these movies. All right, E.T. Let's we're have some keep, fucking we're
2: fun. going to keep this episode under two hours.
0: <laughs> no. Did he? Yeah. Did E.T. teach you how to cry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, the E.T. ride I mean, at, <laughs> at fucking at Disney World is like the best of all. Like When you go up on the bike, it's like, and you get the picture. I mean, it's just like, it doesn't get any better than that.
1: It was founded in
0: 1984. So you guys are right. Damn. Shit. Wow. So what did he do okay. beforehand?
1: I, I think he just universally made. Yeah. Or was he United Artists? United, <laughs>
0: we'll see, United we'll Artists made that. a
1: universal released it and all of his movies up until that point, and they still let him play there for the next like decade mm. until yeah. he started DreamWorks, and he started making mm. stuff other places. But all right, what do you uh,
0: think of ET?
2: What do you right. think of ET? ET. Yeah.
1: Dave. David.
2: What a stupid movie. <laughs> no, it was it was it was great. I,
1: <laughs> sure. Let's. We didn't we didn't talk about these earlier, but guys, when was the last time you saw? These movies, we didn't do that with eighty, eighty one, but E.T.
2: I don't know that I've seen since pandemic, the nineties.
1: Whoa, Dave, Dave, yeah. dude! Oh, you should have rewatched.
2: No, it I no so. fuck that. I refuse to watch the one where they swapped out the walkie talkies, like the guns for walkie talkies. Fuck that.
1: You can still, you can still watch the older one.
2: Yeah, no, you can, but you got hunted down. Or you or you need to
0: own it. Like it's yeah. the
2: streaming one is the walkie talkie shit. And yes. he since said that was his biggest regret, giving into that.
0: The The Rotten Tomatoes Tomato Meter has this at a 99. I yeah. mean, it is a fucking awesome movie. This
2: this was, this was the, like, if there's one thing like Spielberg knows, it's, he remembers what it's like to be a kid. He never lost that. It's, like, that's true. It's true right through E.T., the Goonies, all of those things. All of them led to like everything else. Like there's even, like I mention of Dungeons and Dragons in fucking E.T. It's, it the the setup is beautiful, the family dynamics is beautiful. The the effects were amazing. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they had a um. It came out on Drew Barrymore's um show
0: recently. That she has a talk show in New York now. Um, yeah, I, I played a. a yeah. I played her birthday party one year. I, oh, uh, that's went, cool. I, I've been to her apartment in Manhattan. <laughs>
1: Good story, Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> Did you-
2: Oh, God, I could tell stories about people's apartments. I saw but, pictures uh,
0: of her with the ET dog giving it to fucking Princess Diana, but sure. Yeah. No, they cool. they
2: actually hired someone in particular um, that was there in, during the breaks. It was their job to stand there with the controls for ET just in case she walked up to it and talked to it. They were imp- like adamant that she believed it was real. As which is so
1: fucked up cuz the scene yeah. where he's sick
2: he's dying he, yeah uh,
1: he's dying they like didn't tell her no. it wasn't real <laughs> this little kid that cutaway yeah. shot of her where she's just like fucking tears are rolling down her that's messed up guys, yeah.
0: should Do we even... tell w- did you guys ever should we how many child labor laws did they break did you ever see the audition for Elliot child, when um, child henry labor Thomas laws didn't got exist it? then <laughs> oh, but I just sent you guys a text message of the, the I mean, cinematographer they, Alan Deville. Um, it's they, really funny. These days they but, just move it to
2: the the state where <laughs> fucking kids can work in a meat packing plant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, the thing for Elliot, the kid hey, starts... The cr- the kid- <laughs> so Tell me it doesn't look like Vangelis. Okay, hang guys, on. I've
2: got to, I'm going to open this.
0: I've been watching Jeopardy! Tournament of Champions and I got Vangelis and my friend was like, how did you know this? And I was like, I can't oh, get into how I know who Vangelis is. I can't wow. get into it. Do he look like guys, that then or now? Um, I think a little bit of both for sure. Um, yeah, the say, cast of, the, the, the audition for Elliot, the kid is crying and talking and they just, they, they make him do the audition for like eight minutes, but he's like fucking weeping. They like clearly like broke him. And they were like, this is where the audition starts. <laughs> it's great though. He's so good in it. And at Dude, the end he goes, okay college,
1: kid, you got the job, I went to you got college, the job. That was Don't what the acting me. class was like. <laughs> this yeah. Movie, this, this movie might be Steven Spielberg's like most personal film. Like, and I know he
2: said that about Yeah, not even you know, his biography is more like... more personal than this. Yeah, cuz they what try to it?
0: lock they try to lock up his imagination. Yeah. That's what that's what the government is and they come down because he got a cease and desist letter essentially when he was doing Close Encounters after Jaws, he's the biggest filmmaker in the world and they said you should stop doing this. You don't know what you're talking about. And he said, "Well, that's the reason that I need to do this is because you are clearly trying to avoid people talking about aliens and what you know and so he does he does close encounters knowing I the mean, government the, is watching fact, him the so then he does et okay. after 1941 which again we have to take it pass in 1941 but the government is essentially saying the kids are like this is fine it's like a puppet he's a friend and they're like fuck you we're gonna quarantine this house we're gonna put up a cordon and then we're gonna take control and we don't want you to know anything like in in the pursuit of steven spielberg's life it actually is this is brilliant like it is beyond brilliant that with after a cease and desist lever from the government he makes the government the villain does, does in other countries you can't do that does the government like, realize if you're making a
2: movie about aliens they send you a cease and desist they're pretty much confirming the existence of aliens that's what Steven Spielberg said <laughs> like, in his documentary he, he got that
0: letter and he went yes I'm nailing it I'm onto the it. government. it like, but that's what this is they're gonna try to take this yeah. fucking puppet away from these fucking six year olds who they, are and crying they,
2: and they played, it as, they played them as stupid as well because they were in the movie absolutely
0: you know um, what? I don't I like think... his feet. That's my favorite line in the movie. I don't like his feet. It's oh, yeah. a Drew Barrymore she's, line of it. She's so cute. She's and guys, so cute. the cornfield scenes gave me nightmares growing up. Just looking out at the cornfield. And Signs... Guys, I know Signs is like um, M. Night Shyamalan's second best movie. Signs is such a fucking ripoff of E.T. It is unbelievable. Just looking out at the courtyard, he basically just, he, he just took the fucking shots from E.T. just without any of the setup.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are so many... I feel like for, for my generation, this was the most iconic, like movie movie that had ever come out until Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic like, Park. Was, Fuck yeah. You know what I mean, like until that happened, like it was just <laughs> like watching these like peripherated statements by Steven Spielberg throughout the ages. Like this was such a, such an objectively successful, like, Oh, you got to see this kind of thing when you're growing up. Um, I also feel that, uh, Steven Spielberg had shown his ability to deal with very, very commercially accessible suspense, uh, horror with jaws. I think even in, even in close encounters, there's a, there's more of a, an adult dramatic obsession to the storytelling. I think for me, ET is the first time that he found that absolute perfect balance of magic and wonder and drama where he, like it all kind of, and obviously yeah, that's it's a right. child's perspective. So it kind of, you, you know, it needed to yeah. be that. But he really, really, really nailed that space, which makes sense. Like going back to, it makes sense that he started Amblin after that. It's yeah. like, mm, this is my heart center. This is kind of where I work from. This is what I thought about when I was a kid. These are the, the everyday people, the everyday children struggling with everyday familial issues, getting wrapped up in a much larger story. I mean, that is like, we almost, it's almost oh. like watching the birth of the kind of material that he ended up producing, you know, moving forward. There's this kind of work. And I yeah. just feel like that's a, but the, the, that really thing, says something.
2: The, the funny thing is like, that's his first one out of the bat as such in that, in that genre. And it's a knockout of the park. Like it's a fucking home run.
0: It, now yeah. we, like I call Steven Spielberg like a little bit of a grandpa, but Jaws, close encounters. We're going to forget 1941. And even all of his TV work, he's done a lot of movies before then. And then um, you know Raiders, and then this this is the first like of these kids movies. So like the the mm-hmm. idea that he is make, it's all bullshit anyway. But like the fact that he did that, that the fact that that is sort of what he became a little bit known for as kid, even Poltergeist, which he should have directed. It was like this family friendly. <laughs> like he was, it seemed like he was like kind of fucking. And then he of course produced Back to the Future, and did he produced Back to the Future. Like uh, everything yeah. in the eighties, it seemed like he had his hand in. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was, well, it was all those guys the- just collaborating which is, that's the best thing is that he basically open sourced all of the shit he was doing to all yeah. of his friends. <laughs> um, we'll talk about, let's talk about
1: really quickly. But the, but
0: the, 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 the mom, I, wait really quick, the mom is the most sympathetic figure though. So even yeah. though you have all these kids and it's important, the one thing, because there were so many knockoffs. We she grew is, up in the 90s, John and I. She no idea what's part, going on. And and like three ninjas is coming to mind, but like all of these kids movies where the kids like run out, and it's like really hard to be like, but how do we keep them grounded? How do we keep them relevant? Like how does the how do the parents come in and go like, gee kids, how did you just do this and create all this graffiti and whatever the shit they have to do? And the parents always get fucked here. Steven Spielberg never once did an action and didn't think, wait, what what is this single mom gonna do with this? You know, yeah, like yeah, these these kids have leeway and they have, they have trauma. And they have leeway because it's a single mom. It's funny, but that doesn't mean that the mom's off the hook. And the mom mom can't figure between AT and
2: the Goonies, though. It's the same
0: mom. Because it's fucking brilliant. If it ain't ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't let these kids just run amok because their parents aren't paying attention, Mm -hmm. because that's how you get drug dealers and gang members. What you want is you want the mom that is doing. Everything that is trying so hard, you just don't see her in the frame, and, and then when you see her, it's fucking heartbreaking. When the mom really, when they really have to convince the mom, when they really have to make that reckoning, it's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah.
1: What's your favorite sequence in this movie?
0: Sequence. Mm.
1: Is it the famous chase sequence? I think. I think mine is. I mean, the, the chase
0: is is iconic. It's the. Course.
1: Mine is the cut back and forth when ET is drunk and watching the old movie. Oh yeah. And the kid in the cl- you know, early in the classroom, <laughs> dipping the girl, win the wind, the frog letting the frogs out and stuff. Like I don't know, man. I feel like yeah. I feel like Mine is- they knew it when they were watching it. When when contemporaries were watching this movie in nineteen eighty two and saying things to him like, Oh my god, is it Gandhi or this alien movie? I mean, what what a crazy statement, right? Like, <laughs> this movie was in the hands of of a prodigy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Like it's so obviously in the hands of, of an absolute prodigy with, with every aspect of filmmaking but Dave the way they light the way they light Elliot's room and these yeah. wide shots the way he lets these things play out with E.T.'s head barely moving behind his uh-huh. desk and Elliot approaching him these overexposed clearly lit from the outside on his set but it, it just gives you this feeling of it gives you this feeling of of isolation in a very specific part of america like it feels like a phoenix yeah. or somewhere like that where it is just overly lit so in a way like these kids i don't are totally know if the overexposed was
2: a choice or they were just let like stuck with the technology of the day so
1: maybe i i bet it was a choice i don't know but yeah i feel like he would have i feel like he made that choice but Fair. there's also like these other you have the the way they light the daytimes and whether it's in the sun or whether they're actually lighting it them themselves, versus that that nighttime scene when he meets E.T., yeah. it doesn't even feel like the same place. Yeah, and it doesn't matter the 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 fog, the mist, the the way <laughs> yes. that the barn is lit. It doesn't make sense at all. But like somehow in his in his mind, like it just totally worked, and he he just proved us all wrong. I also really love that first scene when um they're at the kitchen table. <laughs> And he sits mm. back and he plays it all in one, and you kind of, you know, people are the, crossing, the Dun- and crossing out the
0: Dungeons and Dragons scene, which Stranger no, Things ripped not, off? not
1: the Stranger Things scene. That scene is fantastic. But when the boys leave and it's just the mom and she's making dinner for the kids, oh, and yeah, he yeah. blames her for dad leaving. Like, I mean, just just very like patient mm-hmm. storytelling for for somebody like Steven Spielberg, who you think is yeah. all, you know, people give him that rap.
2: Anyway, oh, you want to you want to like, tell like, me that didn't resonate with me as a kid, by the way, as well? Yeah, fuck yeah, it did. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because that was right in the middle of my parents' divorce.
0: Oh, (laughs) my God. Because that's what this is. Steven Spielberg is a a child of divorce. This is a divorce child director. There is a picture.
1: There is a picture of Steven Spielberg with E.T. on his back, and he's holding E.T.'s... Have you guys seen this picture? And He's holding E.T.'s hand, and it is, like, all of the emotions of the human (laughs) experience are in Steven Spielberg's eyes, like... This is one of the most personal films I think he's ever made. He has described his childhood I mean, as I felt yeah. like an alien. I felt like I didn't belong. So anyway, you know what? Let's, wait, let's lo-
0: lo- wait. The last thing I want to say is he shoots it low before you meet E.T., but even after you do. So obviously it's not even just that they're kids, it's at grass level. So when that spaceship comes down, you don't look at it from above, you look at it from below. Yeah. And so E.T. comes, you don't see, you see his figure kind of, well, you see the flashlights, you assume people are trying to come and get him and then the spaceship goes away. But you are in the grass. You are the fucking footprint watching this. And then finally you see Elliot at his eye level as he's starting to entice E.T. in. Yeah, I, just also, the way I mean, that that's the one piece brilliant.
2: of plot it's, I really want so to pick up on. it's like you've mastered interstellar travel, but you can't have someone at the fucking door ticking names off. <laughs>
1: Come on, I know, yes. I know. Is, whatever, whatever. I'll do it, Jeff Don't worry I'll about say, it. Last two things I'll say: um, this was the first time that the world had seen him direct children to this extent. A plus, yeah, right. I mean, like the yeah. absolute fucking magnetic connection between the children and wonderful performances wonderful casting wonderful acting and the third thing i'll say is we just talked about 19 we voted it up a raiders of the lost ark we just talked about a star wars We're about talking about it again this score specifically does i feel like him I and know. his relationship with john williams got to another level
0: best collaboration in film together. history best collaboration in film yeah. history
1: But like this ending segment, the thirteen-minute chase scene into the final thing, like there's just there are so many elements of ET that are scored so differently than very specific mood settings for like Star Wars, that I feel like these are almost like silent movie scoring, the Mm. the way. So I don't know. I just I just wanted to point that out as well. Yeah. All of John Williams is iconic, but this one behaves differently for me as a as a score to a film because so much of ET is mise en scène. Is really just the way that everything is staged, whether there's dialogue or not. There's so many actions, famous sequences where there aren't dialogue driven at all. And I just feel like the score is just like, we can't give it enough. As iconic mm-hmm. as Star Wars is, I feel like right. this one evolved.
2: I always also say AT led to the most rushed computer game release ever, and it bombed spectacularly. I always forget Which, there was a game. Atari 2600 AT. <laughs> it was Atari. terrible. Right. What was the
1: premise of that game? Helping him get home?
2: You fell in pits and shit. That's all I remember.
0: Um, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, what was it yeah.
0: fell in pits? Yeah. All right.
1: 1983.
0: Guys, Return of the Jedi fucking smoked everything else. Like it, it did. Smoked yeah, nothing it. Stood a Terms chance. of endearance. Terms of endearment, flashdance, trading places, war games, octopus. He didn't stand a fucking chance. I still saw Return war games, Jedi. but yeah. No, and people, we've all seen these, you know, it didn't stand a chance. So anyway, are you ready I rewatched this recently and for our actual followers who listen all the way to the end of the episode, we got to hear my take on return of the Jedi and rewatching it recently, you know, in within the past six months. So three people hear. have heard that take. Mm. So. <laughs> what do you guys think of return of the Jedi, Dave? I know you love this. So let's start with you. Let's, let's get off to a good start. Uh, yeah. My way. Like, okay, fine. Yes. I love this.
2: Um, I if this was up against Empire, I would be voting for Jedi, to be honest. Uh, I because I saw this. This was what eighty two, eighty one.
0: Um, yeah, we're doing this is eighty three now. We've already done 81 and we in, I don't know. I can't do math. <laughs> it's literally. The I don't.
2: Well, <laughs> the years that came out in my country were fucking. us to get up okay?
0: so early. So I'm just like making them drink way too much. Okay, but you got to do it.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was so i this was like the movie i got taken to for my 12th birthday give or take
0: not risky um, business
2: no strangely enough I, I didn't see risky business for another three years not um, mr mom <laughs> sorry go ahead keep going and uh it like not only was it all me and my friends at this movie it was the culmination of the trilogy um there were green lightsabers on board um jedi colors huh big fucking fights like, I loved this. I thought it was great. It was it was a formative part of that year of my life.
1: And I will so, yeah. I will flip it. I will flip it because
2: you do ruin my so childhood well earlier. Ruin my childhood. Go on.
1: I will. I will. This one. Versus uh, Empire Strikes Back was it's the one though. that I was maybe most fond of when I was a child. Return ah. of the Jedi. Yeah. And as I've gotten older. I am probably least fond
2: of. Yeah, you need I a certain. Like I have absolutely need a certain level of bitterness to like appreciate we've, Empire. We've, talk, we've
0: talked this, and I, and I have to jump in just to just to say I agree. I also should say Melissa Matheson co-wrote the E.T. script. But when it comes back to to, to Jedi, when I was a kid, no question, Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie. I loved the Ewoks. I wanted an Ewok doll. Yeah. I loved Jedi as a kid. You know kid. what? I loved the Ewoks. I didn't want the
2: two spinoff films. So, Jeff, I guess I'm going to raise
1: you what you've been saying about that. Anyone who doesn't know, one of the crazy, crazy writers in George Lucas's contract when he signed with 20th Century Fox, there were two amazing details that he got into his first contract on the first movie, A New Hope. I will get to make sequels. That was in the contract. And I get all of the merchandising. All of it.
0: All of it, yeah. So...
1: That had never really come into play before, so yeah. they just said whatever.
0: But for I Jeff, I believe what he gave some of that up to get financing for his later films. But I, but yeah, for the most part, he he owns like almost all of it. Yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, he, good, Ewoks good, good was good.
2: straight up merchandising. We know that.
0: And that's all true. So I, I think I for Empire, where, he, yeah, yeah. he he gave us some Empire money because of that. You, you know why? How I know that?
2: Because th- I had the fucking action figures.
0: <laughs> we all did. Yeah, we all
1: did. My mom, guys, my mom recently sent me. She was like, "Does anybody want this? It is a vintage." I mean, this thing is perfect. I didn't break any of it. It is that entire Millennium Falcon, like it's like three feet wide. Yeah, huh? I got that thing at some point when I was a kid. It's
2: the one with the lights in it. The light up. Yeah, I was like, well, I, don't sell it. Yeah, I was no, like, I, do I, wait, I hold on
0: to it. <laughs> I built that. I have some Beanie Babies that I think I could sell for a lot. of I money. I built that too. thing. I had it.
1: Anyway, anyway, so like you were, like you have been saying about Mandalorian recently. This is Jeff saying this. I haven't seen them yet, but there are certain Lucas properties that seem to enable the potential for selling merchandise more than others. And we have now heard him in interviews. We've seen the documentaries where they talk about Jedi and some people who were working on it were like, what the fuck are these Ewoks? I think Lucas knew the whole time, like cha-ching,
0: like we we are going to make
1: fucking money off of every single thing that happens on Endor. Like anything that happens down there, you know, the little rider the little yeah. glider things. That, what do they call it? The little motorcycle. What are they called? God damn it.
2: The speed of bikes.
1: Uh, yeah, the speed of bikes. The uh, the walking things to so see Just them the sound of it. That
0: The ITSs, yeah. Uh, so anyway. The games. The games are great. Thing.
1: Ultimately, for me, Jedi feels like it's pulled into two places. and I still And I still enjoy it. I still like these first three movies better than any of the recent three movies. I'm, I'm old school for, for, for that regard. But when they get to Endor, Zendor, right? Yeah. When they get there, I feel like the movie turns into two different movies. You have some of my favorite aspects of the entire first three trilogies, which is where Luke goes, uh-huh. because the darkness of what happens with his storyline, where he goes to confront Vader, his last chance to visit Yoda with the death of Yoda. Everything in The Throne Room, I feel like that is one movie. That is like the adult version of the film. And I love every aspect of that. I love thematically what's happening. John Williams' music in The Throne Room is fucking amazing. And nobody can ever hum that music because it's not quite as catchy. But there's all (laughs) the dark choruses. It's just, it's fucking fantastic. The confrontation, the lighting, that classic shot of Luke split in two. I mean, there's Sister. Sister will help you. All these wonderful dark... Really, yeah. really twisted, uh, you know, elements that get presented are completely juxtaposed by the the romp that is happening <laughs> in Endor yeah. with Han Solo and Leia and all the others where they're like kind of, it's a comedic tone. It's a completely different thing. And clearly they meant to do that on purpose. But I think for me, that is, as I've gotten older, why Jedi is just a sillier film overall because of that there's just a part of me that can't take it quite as seriously as I take the first two.
0: Mm. I have to agree I mean I already talked about this in the show but the fact that most of what they're doing on the moon, which is very important, is essentially opening the connection so that Luke can do what he has to do on the ship. So it really all comes out of that. What we don't get is the intergalactic war that I was trying to set up, which honestly, I think fucked the prequels and it fucked the new movies. Because I think both of them had to reconcile, well, how do we have the war that we've been telling people we would have? And we didn't have in Jedi because we didn't set it up. We, we knew in Jedi it was gonna be Luke, and then now we knew Vader was his dad. And then um, the, the, the Emperor. So we yeah, knew we needed to resolve we knew the three on that. Of them. that. Yeah. We, we knew we needed to resolve on that, but we didn't realize that because that, the stakes of that were so high, we didn't need the Empire to battle the rebels. We just needed that and so to make that happen right. you had the door gate needed to be open or whatever that whatever they did in that little <laughs> secret thing and it, it was just a bummer that it, it became this sort of like psychological like you should be on the dark side no you should be on the light side and they they do have a fight of course but mm. it seemed to be this little philosophical difference between the two of them and and i i really think this could have benefited from an end game level like battle you know not to give end game too much credit but i but they tried to do that in episode 9 cuz they were like fuck we we did eight of these goddamn movies. We did the prequels. We did the, the 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 eight, seven, and eight, and we still aren't giving the people the fucking intergalactic. How <laughs> do we do war. this? Oh, I got it. She's a Palpatine, and the Emperor never died, and that just fucking created Let's out of literally go. nothing. Yeah. No, um, and so, no. no didn't so work. So, back, so back to Jedi. Even though, as a, again, as a I completely agree. As a kid, it's exactly what you want. Yeah. You want that little battle on Endor. And Endor, Endor, oh, fucking man! I, it was Endor. Whatever the fuck, yeah, the moon on the moon, and it's then Endor. you want, and then you want the the conflict between Luke and his dad and the Emperor, and you want that. Ultimately, the stakes don't live up to what they set off to do. They set off for the international battle, and they just they didn't deliver it, and it, it bums you out as an adult. That's what I would say.
1: All right, the well, opening's let's... great. We didn't talk about that at all.
0: Oh yeah, the,
1: the opening on where is Tatooine? Dude, is that,
0: that yeah?
2: Tatooine? It's it's on Tatooine. Yeah, the the poor fucking Rancor operator. The puppeteer behind I want to that. ask you
1: guys a question. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys a question because I have genuinely wondered this since I was a child. When did they build the other Death Star? The the when they when did they begin building it? And during
2: Empire, much... it was happening during <laughs> Empire. It,
1: that's fuck, and they, I feel like that was Jeff. Like, to your point, like that's the kind of thing that unfortunately, like. Logically, I needed to them just address how they could have done that so quickly, just so I could stop thinking. Well, and again, why Probably did they, they do that? De- why did it. they have the
0: Death Star? <laughs> at least in the, at least in seven, eight, nine, they at least pretended like well, they wanted another Death Star because because eight, yeah. nine, they just turned a planet into a Death Star that was in seven for the most part. At least they did it because they wanted to wipe out all of the rebels or anybody sympathetic to the rebels. In Jedi, they didn't establish that. So we had this other Death Star, and they wanted to—they wanted to kill people, but it was like they didn't really know who, who was it. Just these fucking bears on this moon. No, they or, just oh, held the shield. Theoretic- that, that, that was where the shield Exa- generator exactly. was. Exactly. So that what I'm saying is, if you have it. this Death Star, we, we need this Death. We we need to know, and and this is the thing. I think so Marvel. Got Marvel, got Marvel overplayed f- their hand. F- we got point five of Star Wars. Marvel overplayed their hand because yeah. Marvel said they're going to blow up the planet too soon. And so all of a sudden it was like, okay, for how many movies are people going to try to blow up the planet? Because if it was just Thanos, then at least we knew what we were building towards. I want to build up North America. I want to blow up this place, yeah. whatever. In, in in Star Wars, it was like we need this other Death Star. Why? For something that's going to happen after this? And it's like, no, 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 no. I need to know. I need. I need you to know that there are a million people that are coming, and you need to kill them now. And they didn't do that. That's what I think.
1: How did you guys feel in the new releases in the late nineties? About the ghosts of other Jedi's added to the very end. Oh,
0: of
2: Jedi. shit. Okay,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> you had to go <laughs> there. Mm. Yeah.
1: I didn't mind it. I didn't mind seeing them. I enjoyed seeing Qui Gon. And who else did we see? Was it just Qui Gon? Was he the only one added?
2: No, they changed the guy who was originally. Um, Vader? No, uh, yeah, who, originally, who was originally Vader. They changed it to um Hayden Christensen
1: that's right yeah yeah that yeah, was the that was the big
2: point of contention at that point he hadn't heard it now he has um I'm I'm 100% behind it now um but yeah
1: Jeff to your point unless and I'll shut the fuck up after this I, I like everything you're bringing up about how like these bigger picture political issues and I, I feel like to to Lucas's credit with the The revamps of one two and three when he eventually made them with all with way too many special effects he did try to put a lot more precedent not precedent a lot more weight and focus and energy toward building up a gigantic political climate and then eventually the the actual application of what that looked like militarily and stuff, with yeah. Leading into the Clone Wars, he wanted he wanted, Ma- he wanted Mad
0: Men about, to about. blend into his story, like you know, like the actual yeah. like slow pace, like you know. So you he build was like this. Star Wars,
2: Ronda Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jeff, All, right,
1: All right, guys. Well, so we know we know, where, we know, know where. where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I'll vote first since I did last time. I'm going Return of the Jedi. I'm kidding. I'm going E.T. E.T. for nineteen eighty two versus nineteen eighty three all the way. That is a
0: very strong vote for that. Dave? You go first. You know you know you know what I'm gonna say, so I'm trying to drag it out. <laughs> what are you gonna say? No, because once I answer, this game is fucking over, Dave. So I'm He's trying, trying to be e. nice. For sure, him. dude. It's et. I didn't say a single negative thing about et, and I've only said negative things about Jedi and Dave. Except for I liked it as a kid and I wanted a teddy bear. And Dave's like, "What are you gonna choose?" You did say only negative things about Jedi. <laughs> I was, Jedi. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I saw. Th- I'm telling you, I saw you this recently, and I was like, drink. "Oh my god, this is so also different." I I love
1: the throne throne room, dude.
0: <laughs> dude, I yeah, no, I'm
2: uh, I'm leaning towards Jedi.
1: All right, good, good, good. We have. I like when we have some, you know, so we don't all line up on one thing. But we're still, majority rules here, so we're still going with E.T. It's moving forward. Sorry, Dave, sorry, Dave.
0: E.T.'s got to move on. All
1: right, folks. That means... There's still two the Star Wars, Wars movies left on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That means for
1: 1980 <laughs> versus 1981, we are going with uh, Empire Strikes Back. 1982, 1983, we are going with Et so E-T. moving forward, you will hear those titles again once we finish the entire fucking round of versus every something decade. else, yeah. And a- five from each decade will move into the next round. So stay
0: tuned. Along with For- Jaws and Star Wars One, which have already advanced, out they of the have an automatic advancement. Yes. To the chagrin so- of Greece and Alien, <laughs> they have advanced, and The Omen. So me, I mean, me Alien, preview- I
2: can accept. If it was Aliens, I'd have a, I'd have a point of contention here.
0: <laughs> all right james cameron you're coming Don't out get james in preview. there yeah
1: let me preview for the next episode that is 1984 85 and 86 87 right yeah. yes 84 is gonna be ghostbusters wait that be,
0: 19- That be
1: temple of doom it did you said that when we looked this up dude it, it yeah. beat the shit out of it yeah, yeah it did really it close. did like wow. twice as much. Yeah. So, so Ghostbusters 1984 versus back 1985, to the Back to the motherfucking future. Wow, that's sucks. I'm going to be so Fuck. fucking
0: conflicted. That's so annoying. It's going to be yes. fun. 1986,
1: the second round in our next episode will be 1986's Top Gun, oh. year of my birth, versus 1987's Way Above the Rest beverly hills cop 2 that's right oh we, we have seven's beverly hills cop 2 versus 1986
0: top gun <coughs> oh my uh, god that's fucking yeah. funny so stay I tuned can't wait. come
1: at us watch those movies enjoy yourself get your popcorn I have a little too much to eat this summer don't worry about yeah. the bathing suit pop some butter popcorn and enjoy yourself
0: Thank you so much, film fans. We appreciate it. We always finish with a quick, this has to be quick, because this is a long episode, a quick round of what you've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching?
2: What have I been watching? I watched Pearl, finally. And? Um, I thought it was okay. I think I liked uh, X better, to be honest. Mm.
0: Um, (laughs) I liked X a lot. Can't wait to see Pearl. Can't wait to see the next. You have seen it and you buzz me. And I also watched uh,
2: my second attempt at watching bodies, 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 and I've made it another half hour through. Can somebody please tell me when this gets good? <laughs>
1: oh, David, 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 David. John, what have you been watching? John has been watching the other night. I watched, um, Hitchcock's the man who knew too much. The re- the second one with mm. Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. Fucking. I, lo- I, I really love that movie. Cool. Um, and I also watched Andrew Dominic's "Killing Them Softly." I had never oh, seen that. Oh, cool! Do you
0: guys yeah. I never, that? No, I never you saw it, but I, it. No, I remember it coming out though.
1: Much more interesting, Andrew Dominic, than the trailer made you think. It's not just Brad Pitt playing a hitman in some regular standard crime drama. It's a nice. weird filmmakery <laughs> kind of movie. Cool. And then I, I finished "Better Call Saul," and I have started catching up on um, "Barry." I haven't watched any of that mm. really so i'm catching up i only watched the first couple episodes years ago and then jeff and i i think both have started um white house plumbers so i'm in i'm calling yes i forgot, but I like I forgot it. to
2: mention last time i'm also three weeks into uh three episodes into twin peaks the return i have tw- nice. yeah, no idea what the fuck's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. and that is dead, how it's dead, supposed just, to be
1: <laughs> yeah push through it dude that is yeah. that might be my favorite ending of all time just, yeah, just keep cool. going, 18 episodes okay, yeah i also no, watched, i'm, I'm on to board finish out, just to round out because i told you i watched some mission impossibles i watched four five and six so i, I did finish with fallout this jesus christ I'm ready to go john get a job Dead reckoning <laughs> Yeah, I'm even... on my summer vacation, dude. I had like, <laughs> like a week and a half where I was like, this is when my next obligation begins. I'm just doing nothing. All right. All right. What'd you watch, Jeff?
0: Um, Well, White House Plumbers, off to a very strange start, but keep going through. I, I like the time period and they're just taking their time. If-, if they just wanted to do Watergate, they would, but they're really building it up and they're really showing us that a lot of these people love the Nazis, as we've talked about on this podcast. A lot of the people who ended up working in America post-World War II actually loved the Nazis in the first place and were very conflicted about us being the ones who defeated the Nazis, even though they learned a lot of lessons from the Nazis they wanted to implement on the anti-communist post. Say Nazis <laughs> Yeah. No, but th- that's what this fucking show is. It's the a shame. We don't, we don't have a punch in the face button. And I'm watching a lot of TV shows. <laughs> Nazis, kids. Um, last time watching Jeopardy Tournament of Champions, James, James, you guys, this James is too fucking good. I don't know who's going to win, because that hasn't come out yet, but James is fucking good. Smoked Amy like it was nothing. Amy was good people um but J- james is the shit we'll see if uh he wins Jeopardy champions and ken right. jennings what a fucking host for this all right we can wrap it up there hopefully win we okay come, give us shit people let's go come after yeah. us yeah, say this episode us, call, us.
2: Fucking, call us
1: and tell us what you we think we just we just eliminated fucking raiders of the lost ark and return of the jedi as
0: two of <laughs> as the best blockbusters yeah. of all time i want yeah. you to come at us yeah tell yeah. us what's wrong with us Let's go. See you next time, Phil Fans. And fuck all of you. Let's go.